Oh, actually, no, hold on. But one last thing. It's like there's just this energy that's around them. What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Uh, This is actually one of my favorite episodes that we're going to be talking about. Usually, we're always on the fluffy side, but today we're going to dive in a little deeper and we're going to be talking about the effects of influencers on our daily day basis. So about how that could affect the beauty standards. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but whenever I look at makeup tutorial videos, I'm always feeling like I'm doing something wrong because so many makeup artists have different techniques and product recommendations that for every video promoting a product there's probably an equal amount of videos telling you why you shouldn't use this and what to use instead so it could be very overwhelming and very confusing don't get me wrong sometimes these videos are very helpful if you're not really sure what to do or where to go i'm someone for example who has hooded eyes and i've seen a lot of tutorials on how to properly apply eyeshadow or tips and tricks to make it a little bit easier but it still feels like a lot I think one of the biggest struggles, though, when it comes to influencers is is when you're always seeing them, it always kind of feels like you're not where you should be. And I think that's one of the hardest things when you're someone who consumes social media quite often. I work in social media. So if it's not my job, it's also my hobby to kind of just be on there. If you're someone who's an up and coming creator, it can kind of feel like well, how are these people getting all these numbers and getting all these like beautiful things and getting sent these gifts and buying homes and like here I am just starting or maybe I've been doing this for a while and I'm not really seeing any numbers. So you kind of have that sense of failure. The hardest thing about this is being able to differentiate from what's real and what's fake. And there was a study that was going around that showed that a lot of people who are consuming this believe it's real. And most of the time, 75% of the time, it's fake. Usually when you're on TikTok, if you're someone who's very into fashion or beauty, you will splurge and buy all these things from Zara, from Sephora, Ulta, if you're American, Target, like all these things that you're going to be buying. And then you come home. And you do a little haul of what you bought. And as a viewer, you're you're viewing this and you're like, man, I can't how how are they affording these things? But also, why can't I get these things? How is it possible for them to be spending thousands of dollars and like possibly even doing the same thing as them, maybe even working the same job as them, and somehow unable to afford that? I hate to break it to you, but some and most of the time. They will buy these things just to do a haul and then they will return them. So important to shed a light on that aspect because you're right, it's very easy for anyone, even if you don't want to be an influencer, if you're just someone who wants to look a certain way or wants to dress a certain way and you're seeing all these people doing these mass expensive hauls and you're trying to compare with your own style sense and also your own budget, What's going to happen most likely is you're going to feel guilty regardless of where you are in life or what job you're doing. But it brings me back to when we were in elementary or high school times when it came to anything shopping related. 
you would most likely have a Pinterest board, a We Heart It page, Tumblr, or sometimes you would just even look at your favorite celebrities, see what they're wearing, want to get the exact same thing. Now, shopping is just accessible everywhere. It's not specific to certain sites only. You log into Instagram and there's a shopping feed now. TikTok is constantly different hauls and videos everywhere giving more opportunity to make you feel as though you need the next best thing or whatever it is that you're doing is wrong. Here's what you should be doing instead. Honestly, sometimes what I see people pushing is so funny and ridiculous to me. In a previous episode last season, we were talking about the it girl aesthetic, more so related to beauty and skincare. But one thing that I saw recently was part of the it girl aesthetic is to have these specific white Nike socks and they were pushing these Nike crew socks and I thought why are socks now going to be its own thing why is that such a high importance for people to wear and what that means people who don't have these specific white socks but their old navy socks is a bad thing it's a very interesting point because it kind of reminded me of my past self I, you know, till this day, I'm still very much into fashion, but I want to say when I was, you know, maybe a few years back, I don't want to say a shopaholic, but I would leave the house and I would always come back with something. I would always shop for something. I would always get something. And I think during, you know, this transitional time period of my life, when I hit 23, I don't care anymore. When I say I don't care, I think you start to realize that you're not really getting any satisfaction out of this. And I say this because if you're someone like me who enjoys shopping quite, you know, heavily and you find it like, you know, almost therapeutic, that feeling, every time you open your closet, you're like, I have absolutely nothing to wear. And your closet is most likely falling apart from the amount of clothes that you have. And some people will tell you, well, it's because you're buying all these statement pieces and you're not buying enough basics. Yes, that is true. However, I think it's also the perception of influencers. It makes you feel like you don't have enough, which then forces you to go out and spend whatever you don't have or do have, but you still spend it anyways on these things so that you can feel half as much as they do. And besides the fact that they return these things, I think at the end of the day, it's about what you like, what you enjoy, and how you perceive yourself. And whatever you see online is only 10% of what's actually going on behind closed doors. And I say this because I work in marketing, so I really do understand the big wheels that go behind these influencers who enjoy fashion, travel, whatever it is. They find good deals for you, nice. But for a work event, we had PRs coming in, right? So we invited a bunch of influencers uh, to come in for our event. And Sam, when I tell you, it was the most eye-opening, interesting event. When you look at them from TikTok, right? You're you're just scrolling and you're seeing all these like, you know, vloggers walking around the street talking about, you know, their their life and you kind of get sucked into it, right? You're kind of as if you're there, which is really cool. Now when you're watching it happening in real time, it's the most embarrassing shit of your life. And it's also the the most humbling thing because it just shows you how Sam 
there was this one influencer who was recording every single thing that she was grabbing. That's so crazy because of those edits, you know, that like makes it seem like it's real time. Now, I want to say some of them are really cool. It takes a lot of work. It's not an easy job. Trust me, I understand that. But I think it was just very interesting to see that in real time because it just shows you half of the time these people are doing it to impress somebody and not really doing it for themselves. And that is what's very eye-opening. Okay, the way you're describing this event to me right now, I'm thinking about that scene from Emily in Paris season two where she's doing some PR event and every influencer who was also invited to this event are all crowded around each other, just constantly taking pictures and videos. Was it like that? So it wasn't to that kind of competitive nature, but it was almost the same idea. They would just come in for the perks and then they would leave. Very, very similar in that aspect. So there was a good chunk amount of them that came through. And then within 10 minutes, it was more than half that left. They got what they needed. They took their video, they took their goodie bag and walked right back out. Yeah, man, it was just... It was just one of those eye-opening events because I know there's a lot of people um, who do want to be content creators and, you know, do your thing. If that works for you, God bless. I just thought it was a very eye-opening experience in terms of how sometimes you don't really live in the moment. You kind of just live for the sake to document it for other people. And, you know, that kind of thing has its up and down. There is this one guy I follow on TikTok. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but he is a creator who lives in Vancouver and he enjoys taking everybody on hikes. So he'll put his phone down somewhere really far and it'll make you feel like it's as if you're there hiking or fishing or whatever adventure he takes you on. And he always goes like, you know, "Um, let's go on an adventure. Too bad you're coming or something like that. One thing that I saw, like a comment that was very touching was someone was saying, you know, I'm a quadriplegic, can't walk, I can't, you know, I'm paralyzed from the rib down, so I can't do a lot of things, but watching your videos makes it seem like I'm there and I'm walking and I'm going through these hikes with you. Very beautiful. And I think that's one of the great things about having content creators who will take that extra step to make you feel like you belong or those people who give those unsolicited advice. Sometimes you just want to hear something relatable. And that's what I really do enjoy about some content creators. Sometimes I think we forget some of the more positive impacts that influencers can have. I'm looking now to the side of traveling and food, inspiring people to visit new places, and especially for some of the foodie blogs when you have these smaller chained mom and pop type of restaurants or bakeries, it helps put them on the map and people are excited to go there, which is good business for the people who own it. And then for traveling, same idea. Mm-hmm. Aside from my personal account and our podcast account, I actually have a foodie account as well. It's just such a fun, different side of social media. You meet some of the friendliest people by sharing different places and commenting on others and you learn a lot from each other as well. Honestly, I don't even bother looking at Google reviews anymore for any type of restaurant or food. I just go to Instagram and TikTok to see what types of food items people are serving, what seems to be the best things on the menu and what are people 
ordering most frequently. Food is just a fun way of bringing everyone together because everyone's got to eat. Might as well eat something good. But going back to what you were saying earlier, I have a hard time believing the authenticity that some of these influencers are putting out with their content because it's so easy to fabricate the truth just to get PR and sponsorship, an extra check, whatever it is that they're getting from it. You know, I've come across a lot of influencers and their ads are just very much to your face type of ad. Like it's very clear it's an ad and that they're doing it for money. And I was watching, uh, I came across actually this podcast of a content creator who was talking about how they got paid quite a bit of money. They didn't really believe in the ad and they didn't really care and they didn't really get a lot of likes, comments, that kind of stuff. You have to be very picky of who you follow and who you engage with because a lot of times these influencers are like that. And there is sometimes, I don't want to say there's nothing wrong with it because again, to each your own, but it's very difficult to not get your bag and also get your bag and be authentic. For my personal preference, I follow certain influencers that I feel are genuine. And when I say genuine is that, you know, they call out certain brands or that they, you know, say that I didn't take this certain deal because of this and this and this. And that's what I enjoy. And like, you can just tell off of the energy of people that they're just very genuine. One of the most dangerous things about influencers is associating with people that you've never met. As a creator, you're sharing your life with people you've never met. If you're a family, say you're a single mother that happens to have children and you document your life, suddenly, you know, these 6 million people who are following you are the aunts and uncles of your kids. And that can be a scary place, man, because not a lot of people are genuine. And again, there's always good and bad things to it. Another part of how it can be dangerous, and I'm going outside of what you said about the family influencers, anyone who advertises a medical product, let's say a new pill or diet, can be harmful for people who don't double check and fact check. You need to see a family physician or a nutritionist beforehand to see would this work right for me. If you're just blindly following whatever it is that your favorite influencer is pushing, thinking, oh, it'll work for me too because we're of similar age or similar build, you could be doing some serious harm to your body. Very different than just doing a clothing haul or a makeup review. You know, sometimes people aren't even trying to be dishonest about what they're advertising or promoting. I go back to examples of skincare and makeup, right? You get any type of makeup product that's new, that's trending, and you look it up, you will see an equal amount of videos raving about how amazing it is and how it worked great for them as to other videos saying how it was horrible and it caused all these problems. There are different needs, textures, and styles of each different individual, so it's hard to create a product that'll work seamlessly for everybody. I mean, hey, look at us. You tried the Supergoop sunscreen and loved it, had rave reviews about it. I tried it and I found the opposite effect on my skin tone. So if you're promoting it and giving rave reviews, it doesn't make you dishonest because it did work for you and the fact that it didn't work for me is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think um, it puts into question too how we've kind of moved away from Instagram for that reason 
Instagram has become this like marketing beast where every company and their mother are on Instagram. It's the new Facebook now where everyone's on Instagram for the sake of selling you their product, whether that's skincare. Marketing on Instagram is, you know, the new Facebook ads. And if you're marketing, you know that you probably would focus mostly on Instagram than you would on any other platform. Now with TikTok, what I find really interesting, now I can't speak for everyone, but a general consensus that I've seen is quite a lot of people have been saying that the reason why they move away from Instagram is because TikTok is more authentic, which again, obviously can be authentic in terms of, you know, jokes, comedy, you have all these incredible content that you can go through. TikTok has a very different algorithm than Instagram. So uh, you can like one thing, you can mention one thing, and you'd just be getting pushed all this content, which is really cool. However, I wonder if we've become the new Facebook moms. So you know how like back in the day, anytime that your mom would say something, it'd be like, where did you get this from? Facebook or your WhatsApp group chat? So now sometimes when I say things, I'm like, you know, if I'm saying, oh, you know, I heard that, you know, magnesium glycinate is really good for stress relief. I get this question where it's like, where did you hear that from? I'm so hesitant on saying TikTok because 99.9% of the time, that's where my answers are coming from. It's from TikTok. You're right. Everything you're saying, it's true. And it's also a little bit funny because I just had a conversation with one of my friends this morning one of my guy friends, he had some stain on his white pants and was asking about how he could get it out. And my initial thought was, well, just look on TikTok, just search how to get stains out of white pants. I don't even bother with Google anymore. It's become my new search engine. and I'm not mad about it. I get really defensive over TikTok. It's so funny because back in like 2000 and 20 early 2020 i'm like i i ain't downloading no dancing this is like the last application that i would ever download and here i am going on tiktok with a super high screen time and i'm sitting here just scrolling laughing finding all these like informations recently you're gonna laugh at this you're gonna laugh at this recently i'm following a journey of a chicken. <laughs> Did you just say a chicken? In an incubator. Because I don't know if you've seen this. My algorithm's kind of crazy at the moment, but I love it. So there's this lady who cracks an egg and she puts it in a jar and puts it in an incubator to see if it's going to, you know, become a chicken. So for the last 13 days, I've been watching a chicken grow in a jar. And I freaking love it. And it's so crazy because you think I'm the only one. Oh my God, there's so many people who are like following this journey. But you know, like you were saying how you kind of go to TikTok because it's a community, right? There's a lot of people are going through so many different things. And I find it it's the perfect place where you can find easy access information. You are likely to find more answers on TikTok than you would on Google. I bet a lot of people did the same thing. Pre-2020, the likelihood of downloading TikTok was very slim to none. But with the pandemic and everyone just being at home, people started downloading it. And I think that's when the app evolved into something more than just singing and dancing. It became a community of different niches. So like I was mentioning before with my foodie account, that is something that moved to TikTok. 
just like other communities, right? I know everyone's algorithm is different, but one thing I love about this app is that I have many different interests when it comes to certain books, movies, and TV shows. Finding people who share those common interests and seeing them create edits from scenes that you enjoy or different fan art and theories about plot lines that you didn't even think of. And for those who don't already know, my favorite holiday or my favorite time of year, I should say, is Halloween because Halloween is more than just a holiday. There's a community of people who post about different movies and TV shows and ways to decorate food recipes for parties. It's just so vast and there's something for everyone, which is why it's so fun. It completely gravitated to, away from dancing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but a lot of content creators who were very famous for their dance are just kind of not in that vibe anymore. And my niche is a little different. I Like I kind of get like a lot of different things. So I have quite a bit of book talk. Um, I'm currently reading Fourth Wing. I also have, you know, this chicken story that I'm following. <laughs> I'm also seeing a lot of Taylor Swift's Eras tour, Harry Styles um, tour, travel. And I think that's what you kind of enjoy. But, you know, it does affect your attention span severely because within four seconds, you've lost my attention, which is so crazy to me. Um, something definitely to be studied for sure. I'm very passionate about this thing, as you can tell. I love TikTok, man. I think it's just, it's a great app. So I don't have this in my algorithm, but once in a while it will pop up. It's always the people who be thirst trapping. And when I say thirst trapping or, 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 my my personal ick and cringe is when I see people trying to act with tears in their eyes and just over dramatically acting. And I'm just watching this with like major side eye. Like you recorded this and uploaded it and thought it was cool. That is crazy. Or, or another ick is those people who be cooking and they make it super sexual. Yes, I've got those too, but it's also the people making fun of the people who are doing it. The ones that duet and comment and say, why are we doing this to a piece of chicken right now? Why are you, what's the chicken, the poor, the poor chicken that you're cooking? What is going on? I, I Smart, I guess, because you're trying to go for a specific niche over here. But how did we get here? <laughs> One last thing. Apple just released, speaking of technology, Apple just released these goggles. It's called Vision Pro. So I think they just released it today, actually. And it's these glasses that you put on your head, kind of like goggles almost. And it's... um giving very much black mirror you guys it's you see the room in front of you obviously but all these things pop up in front of you so you can use your fingers in the air to like click on like photos for example or like click on your phone like it's okay this is the best way to describe it if you've watched marvel think of tony stark and his glasses this is exactly it, you know, realistic scale here. So we're not putting on iron suits, but it's more so that you get to see these things like your photos. You can like use your finger, shit you not, you use your fingers in air and you click on these things. It's so dystopian and so scary. I don't know how Apple continues to like 
become dystopian over time. It's actually kind of messed up. They cost about like almost $5,000. So I wouldn't be surprised if I saw it around. It's very smart, but also very scary. Definitely doing a little too much. Even years ago when the VR headset came out, I was never fully comfortable with that. I just couldn't get behind it. But speaking of Marvel, because you mentioned it a little bit earlier with your lovely Tony Stark comparison... Do you want to see the new Spider-Man movie that's coming out into the Spider-Verse? I don't know. Okay, so the day that me and Sam decided to go watch The Little Mermaid, it was the same day that the Spider-Man movie came out, the animated one, into the multiverse, into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse, yeah. Yeah, it was so packed. I'm like, is everyone here to watch The Little Mermaid? (laughs) I was like, shit. Only to realize that everyone was coming in because they want to watch Spider-Man. Now I watched the trailer. I, I I don't know. Here's my like thing. The animation of it is giving very much comic. And sometimes to me that can be a little overstimulating. So I don't know how I feel about it. The plot seems interesting. I feel like the entire movie was in that trailer. I'm not going to lie to you. I have to think about it. Are you excited for it? Yeah, I am. I think the concept is fun. I love the animation style and how they're including so many different Spider-Men across the multiverse. And Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. Oh my god, I have not stopped seeing edits on my For You page. We are going to see it this week, so if you change your mind, let me know and I will grab an extra ticket for you. If any of you lovely listeners are going to watch it, or if by the time this episode comes out you've already seen it, let us know your thoughts on our Instagram at ButOneLastPod, and we will see you in the next one. (laughs) 